Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on go to Dobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Buddy Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic is here, and JR does spectacular work in covering and analyzing the Blues for The Athletic. Welcome to the show, sir. Good to see you. Thank you. Too kind. That is not true, and I have no answers over the next 15 minutes. I know you'll have an answer to this one, though, <laughs> because as a veteran listener to me in the fast lane or on Carriker and Smallman or now the opening drive, you know that one of my favorite people to quote is Bill Parcells, Right. right? And one of Bill Parcells' famous favorite lines was, you are what your record says you are. Hmm. Your buddy Dom LeCision, contributing to your piece yesterday in The Athletic, writes, the Blues are not nearly as bad as their current record, but they were never as good as last season's record either. They were not a 109-point team. I would ask how many points the Blues had last year. That would be, let me do the carry the one like Brad does. Okay. Uh, 109. Oh. 109. I would say they were 109 points. <laughs> That's just me. You are what your record says you are. And right now, they're bad and. That's not an illusion. Yeah. They, they are what their record says they And are. it actually could be worse because they weren't great in those first couple games no. outside of that uh, Edmonton game. So it actually could be worse. And I don't know in these last eight, I think I heard Curb say it, I don't know that they've been deserving to win any of these eight games. No, so yeah, it I'm could be you. worse. Uh, so since you're here and and you have no you you have knowledge that that I don't have that Randy doesn't have we, we we're trying to figure this thing how do we fix it well <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you one thing coach <laughs> let me know how you fix it what, D- what what do we need to do uh, Doug Armstrong has a five year contract and he's paid a lot more than I did so if I oh. had the answers I would have went down that <laughs> career path as opposed to this career path so. Uh, no, it, it just has to start with, uh, I think, playing the way that we've seen them play in spurts. And mm-hmm. we saw that in a period here, two periods there, uh, but it just obviously hasn't been consistent enough. And, you know, I'll keep saying it, they just have to pull together. It just doesn't look like they're playing together. And you, we can break it down. Here's the one thing, Kerry, the, the easiest answer I can give on all this stuff. It is so bad right now that when I try to provide answers like this, I don't even analyze, well, the PK needs to do yeah. this. Oh, they need to forecheck. Oh, they, it's beyond all that. They need to play hockey for longer spurts and they're not. One thing I, I was telling John Kelly earlier and I asked Robert Thomas this, it seems as though they're pressing and because when you start losing and you start and you're on a losing streak and it doesn't seem you cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel, people start doing things that they normally don't do. I, I was equating it to what Kyle Schwarber did with two outs. He tried to bunt. Kyle Schwarber shouldn't be bunting. <laughs> he should be swinging the bat. But people start doing things when it when it becomes that crunch time, people start doing things that they are not familiar with or normally doing. Do you see that at times where guys are just going out of their way to do something that maybe they're not actually good at, but trying to do, trying to make a play that, that that's not their job? Yeah, I see a little bit of that. 
that, a lot of that actually. Uh, but the one thing that I've been saying for a couple of weeks now is I just see guys who are way better players than they're showing, just not being able to do the simplest of things. And and what's very interesting to me is just like we go in the locker room and talk to these players, guys, you guys have uh, Robert Thomas on, and he says the right things, and his intentions to go out there are to do the right things. Mm-hmm. But then he's, just to use him as an example, one of those guys who's lifting the puck, hitting the crossbar. Right. We can talk about four crossbars, four posts in the last game, but that's a goal right there. And, mm-hmm. and you jump up and, and score that goal, and things are turning out different. Here's the bottom line to me. 18 years I think I've been covering this team. You've seen stretches like this, but it might be a handful of players, and it might end after six or seven games. This is team-wide, and this is eight-plus games. So with that being the case, you've written about this. Ryan O'Reilly was asked the other night if the Blues have quit on Craig Berube. Every coach... NHL, whatever league, every coach has a shelf life. Is this team still buying into what Berube is selling? Yeah, so this is a somewhat of a difficult question because I think that Craig Berube is still doing a good job with this team. That's my first and foremost thought. Uh, I think they have a lot of respect for him. I've been around, what, six or seven coaches now since I've been covering the team where you could just tell. The buy-in wasn't there. They didn't respect the coach. You'd get these snide comments from the players as you're walking the hallway to, to leave the arena. By the way, even somebody as revered as Ken Hitchcock is one of the great coaches in the history of the league, right? Uh, he might be number one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no doubt. No I was doubt. talking about there. Yeah, I still get comments. But uh, but you, you just know, and you don't know when it's coming necessarily. That's when the losses start to add up. But I can just tell you, honestly, I have not had one conversation conversation with any player, text message, anything where they said that Craig Bruby is an issue and he needs to go. So I believe Doug Armstrong when he comes out and he says, hey, the coach isn't the problem. You know, Craig obviously has to pick his spots. I remember Oscar Sundquist telling me this a long time ago. When Bruby came in in 2018-19, they were scared of him. They were flat out scared of him. He got their attention, right? And then Sundquist told me, now he's more of a teddy bear. I think that's before Sundquist mm-hmm. left. He said... I think they got used to him, and I think they uh, felt comfortable with him. Obviously, over time, that's going to wear off a little bit. Uh, so I think that what I watched the last couple of weeks in practice, he got after him, Randy. He, you know, he, he tore into him, but he also knows when it's time to peel back. And I talked to uh, Jim Montgomery the other day about that, and he said he knows the locker room, the bench so well, he'll, he'll get through this. So I'm going to maintain that Craig Bruby is not the issue at the moment. By the way, another sneaky guy they miss is Sonny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and health-wise, you know, obviously that probably turns out to be a good move Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, I think he's uh, on the shelf again or or still dealing with something else. But you're right. Yeah, in terms of culture guy, uh, team favorite for sure. Jordan Cairo was a guy that that we've talked about, you know, often on this show and, and, you know, just blues hockey in general. The game he had against the uh, Bruins a couple of nights ago, he he, he got the assist to Braden Shin. I thought that was a great decision, great pass. And it seems as though his teammates were were excited about him making that direct, that right decision. Have you seen kind of a, a little bit of a transformation in his play from beginning of the season to right now? I think they're excited that they scored a goal. No, no well, yeah, that too. <laughs> but but I think I think you're right. And there were some moments in that game where you looked at Jordan Cairo's play and you said, okay, now you're now you're showing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think there are you know three or four times in each game where you say you know that needs to be better. But yeah. that's the case with everybody. You yeah. know, I I don't want to get a reputation here of picking on Cairo, uh, but you know with the contract comes the expectations, uh, so on and so forth. So so yeah, he had made a great play there, first assist of the season. I just can't believe that that's the case. I mean. We're talking about some of these numbers yeah. with uh, O'Reilly and Cairo not putting up numbers. So I do think things are cyclical. Teams do work their way out of this. You can't be this team for a month. I don't know that it's possible with all the talent they have, but Jordan Cairo is up on that list of players up near the top that needs to be a lot better. 
This one from the text line. How much did losing Jim Montgomery, and he took a head coaching job, they were going to lose him, but how much has it hurt them? I think that uh, there is an impact. You can't deny it. I think when I went in that locker room to work on the Jim Montgomery story, and I talked, I didn't know this, but when I talked to several players, oh, yeah, we had a text thread, thus three. You know, then you go to the next locker. Oh, yeah, these three had a text thread. So he had that communication with small groups of players, and he worked with them. I had the anecdote where uh, Robert Thomas said that he gave me three game segments where I needed to do this, I needed to do that, and then that would make the game fun for me. And, and so I think that has an impact. I tried to err on the side of caution when I explained uh, what he meant to that locker room because Jim Montgomery, if he were still here, the Blues are still giving up goals in front of their net, right? They're not probably going to the net as hard as they need to. They're probably not making these tape-to-tape passes that we see them missing. So I, I think that if he were here, he'd be able to calm these guys down a little bit after a loss and the guys who aren't producing. But, you know, would they be 5-4? and four? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, when I watch them, it seems as though I watched the Bruins, and, and that game, the Bruins were moving a lot. They had a lot of movement. They were back, cutting back behind, and they, they, they were just all over the place. And when the Blues are in the Ozone, they don't seem to have that much movement. Is it just a, a philosophy um, um, that maybe they need to change how they're, how they're skating or how they're moving, or is it they, they're just, that's just how they are, and that's how they're building, that's how they're going to play the games? Well, I think even though that they've transformed themselves a little bit, where from that 2019 team, Kerry, you know, they kind of just got the puck into the zone and worked hard with it, and then eventually it led to a scoring chance or two, and so there was some zone possession time. You know, now with the Thomases and the Kairos and these guys, they're more of a rush team. Uh, sometimes it turns into one and done, so there's mm-hmm. not a lot of zone possession there. You know, you compare them against Boston. Boston's just such a great team. You know, they still have those guys uh, from yesteryear that are, are producing and coming together. The other thing is I think that, uh, you know, teams like Boston, they're just eating a situation like this alive with the way the Blues are playing. So if if there's the least little bit of ozone time for the Blues, you know, the Bruins are all over them because they know if they knock it out, then Blues are going to put their heads down. So Mm -hmm. I I think to answer your question, the Blues can be a team that that puts it in the zone and works it, but not as well as they did a few years ago. You know, now they have to kind of generate chances by pouncing on pucks and and moving it quickly and and a lot of rush chances. JR, last year, the last playoff team had 97 points. To get to 97, the Blues would have to have 91 points in 71 games. If you squint real hard (laughs) and everything goes as well as it can, can they get 91 points in 71 games? It's going to be tough at this point. You hate to say that when all three of us, we watched a team, all four of us with Grant here, watched a team in 2018-19 that came from last place. And, and so I was one of those people that year that said it can't be done. And that's a Stanley Cup. We're just mm-hmm. a, a, it's asking the question, can they make the playoffs. the playoffs, right? So I think it's difficult. I think it's extremely difficult. Plus, we know from what we've seen in the past with Doug Armstrong, if he thinks his team isn't good enough to go far – he's going to disassemble a few parts. And I think they have a couple key parts that could help this organization for years to come if they make a move with a couple of these guys like an O'Reilly and like a Tarasenko. It's not like those guys are going to be back next year, right? Doug Armstrong, he can analyze a team way better than we can, and we just determined that they probably aren't going to make the playoffs. So why not get value for guys rather than let them walk out the door like you have several times with UFAs, Petro and Bacchus being the most notable, and Perron being the most notable ones recently. Right, and here's how I look at it, Randy. So let's say that Tarasenko, one of the two's got to go, right? You're not going to be able to afford both of them. Right. And if you look at O'Reilly, and this isn't to be critical of him, he accepts a lot of blame, 
but it's probably going to take, what, three, four years, maybe a fifth year of term to get the AAV down just a little bit. Do you want to give O'Reilly that kind of term when it looks like he's slowing down a little bit, at least production-wise, and is he a part of this future for the next four or five years? So that might not make sense either. So regardless of how the Blues are playing right now, let's say they have a few more wins. They have a few more wins. What's, what's, <laughs> does it make sense to continue on with these guys and give that some more term to an O'Reilly? No. When you can turn these guys into and not Doug Armstrong's mo. Yeah, either. I don't think so either. My question for you is: If O'Reilly doesn't continue to perform well, what do you get for him at the trade deadline? If if there is if he's not performing well and he continues on at John Kelly saying until March, if it continues at this path, what can you get for him at the trade deadline that would be worth trading him? So it's a great question, but here's the thing: that I keep uh, going back to is teams don't make trades like this in November, so. The trade deadline is March 3rd. Mm-hmm. There's so much time before then. If O'Reilly has 18 goals at that point, you know maybe he looks more attractive. If he's still sitting on a couple, then he's not going to be as attractive. But I think even if his production isn't there, GMs around the league look at these guys and they, they say, look, that guy's got the pedigree. Mm-hmm. That guy's done it before. I know that if I plug him on my good playoff team, he's going to help us. So what can they get? You know, I think uh, you're still talking about a guy who's 32 years old, so I think a first-rounder is reasonable. I, I think a prospect's reasonable. I think a package is reasonable. You're going to be able to get something good for O'Reilly. Does Barbashev go, too? I, I think so for this reason. I think because as good of a player as he's been for the Blues and he can help this team, I think he's going to price himself out in UFA. So if you don't trade him and you keep him, are you willing to pay him 3.5 or what have you when you're possibly uh, in a situation where the cap's not going up? Great stuff, JR. Thank you very much. Yep, thanks. Good to see you guys. Great to see you. Hope that knee feels better. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> it's it's actually not hurting. It's just an excuse not to do anything. <laughs> I, I like that. It's it's called the uh, stay-on-the-couch-opathy. <laughs> My life story. <laughs> Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.